0: Episode one, it's all about me and my wife. So, thank you for coming back and pressing play on yet another episode. Uh, In this one, as I just stated, it's all about me. And I do have to blame my wife for this topic, as she said, people would want to know more about me um, because I touched on it in the preview. So,. Um, when she told me that, I said, well, guess what? You have to be on this episode uh, to do it with me because I don't like talking about myself uh, very much. I think it's it's weird. It feels weird to me, and I just don't like to do it. And where would I even start? So after some contemplation on it, I thought, well, to tell it properly, I'll just start where uh, I met my rock, which is my wife, Rebecca who's sitting to my right. Um, I have one dog underneath, literally, my chair. And I have my German Shepherd who is, hopefully you can't hear her panting in the background, but she's laying behind me about uh, four or five feet. So um, just FYI on those, if you hear some of them, or if you hear me start to yell at my dog because she's trying to jump up in my lap. Um, How I met my wife. Um, Well, one day... Um, back in my home state uh, of Minnesota, where I'm from, um, I was just getting really tired of the everyday and, and how things were going. So I thought, well, I'm going to just change it up. I'm going to take a big risk. And at the time, I had a little um, <clears throat> 1990s, whatever, Geostorm. I remember the cars, first car I ever bought brand new, uh, it was cobalt blue had the hubcap stolen off of it. So I was riding around just on the black steel rims. And, um, uh, I decided to throw everything that was important to me inside of that, uh, little geo storm. And, uh, my motto was I'm up at three and out the door at four on a very cold January morning. Um, and, uh, I remember driving down the road. I didn't get probably, but 50 75 miles or so outside of the twin cities headed south on 35 and i hit the absolute worst fog that i'd ever seen in my life driving and if any of you know about uh, the um, storm the geo storm car it's not a very big car the hood isn't very long Um, i could barely see the edge of the hood of my car as i was rolling down 35 um so I slowed down to literally a crawl, threw my flashes on, and hoped that somebody wasn't hauling, hauling the mail behind me and would run me over in my little rig. Uh, eventually, after probably two hours of driving in this unreal fog, um, the uh, weather started to lift. I got some good weather, made it down to Des Moines, <clears throat> excuse me, Des Moines, Iowa, where I fueled up and um, happened to be a newscast at the gas station that I stopped at. They were interviewing travelers about the, uh, prices of gas back then. Now I can't recall what I paid per gallon back then, but I can guarantee it probably wasn't anywhere near what we're paying for fuel right now in, in our country. But, uh, uh, that was my first claim of fame, I guess, if you will, uh, being on the Des Moines, Iowa news show, um, didn't even stick around in town to watch it because I needed to get to Denver. As I was rolling through now westbound on uh, I-80, through Nebraska uh, into Wyoming, um, unbeknownst to me, I was driving into a major blizzard. Um, and I started; it started to snow, and I'm like, oh, no big deal. I'm from Minnesota. I can drive in the snow, no problem especially in a little front-wheel drive car. I can get through whatevs. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but behind me at the Wyoming border, they closed um, the interstate after I went through. So I literally was driving into a blizzard with no way of getting help if anything were to happen at all, ever, um, on that trip. Um, Thankfully, I found a uh, pickup truck that eventually passed me um, I'll never forget this truck. Um, I don't know uh, who this person was or people I should say because there's more than one pe- persons in the truck, people's in the truck, right? Um, they, it was a uh, four-door pickup truck, like an old white Ford, and it had uh, like a half camper shell on the back with a door that led into uh, the bed of the truck. And as I'm sitting there uh, sitting there following him in his um, tire tracks, because I didn't dare venture off, I knew that if I were to leave his tire tracks, I would have gotten stuck for sure. Um, a guy opened up that back little door, reached into a cooler, grabbed the cold beverage, gave me the, hey, what's up, kind of a sign, and, and went back inside of his truck. And uh, we rolled on through to Denver. Um, by the time I hit Denver, the storm uh, had lifted. Uh, it was a beautiful morning. Uh, I'll never forget it, it was a blue like a deep blue sky could see the Rocky Mountains off in the background Um, rolling over to um, my brother uh, had a friend that lived there and he was going to let me stay in his apartment for a few days till I got settled I remember pulling up into his apartment and going up knocking on his door and he answered the door you know disheveled hair because I just (laughs) I woke him up Uh, he's like whoa he says you drove through that storm I'm like yep he's like you're crazy Um, so I unloaded my stuff, got there, needless to say, um, after a few days, um, running out of money, I had, I think I had $50 in my pocket when I hit Denver, uh, in cash and not too much in the checking account, um, had to get a job. So, um, went and started applying, got a job selling, I don't know, cruise line stuff. Um, over the phone to people like resume service type things. Maybe you guys were one of the people I called, and if you were, I apologize for that. But um, I didn't stay with that job very long. I didn't. I didn't like it in any way, shape, or form. And um, back in Minnesota, I I thought, well, what am I? What am I going to do next for a job? And I going back to my Minnesota reference that I just inadvertently spewed out. Um my brother owned a collection agency. So um I thought, well I did that for a little bit. Maybe I'll try to find a job doing that. Um just to get me through. Um saw an ad, can't remember where, uh answered it, went in for uh an interview and I think I was wearing um, black slacks, cheesy black shoes, um, maybe a, a shirt. A white shirt. I can't remember exactly what I was wearing. Um, I remember before, um, I left Minnesota, I got a haircut, so I wasn't my long haired rocker person again, because I wanted to, you know, try to reinvent myself, if you will. <clears throat> and as I walked into the office, there sat behind the uh, reception desk and, uh, which turned out to be, the luckiest draw of my lifetime in the lottery. Um, my wife, uh, was sitting there and greeted me and me being the nervous, chatty guy that I can be. Sometimes I just started talking to her. Um, and then they called me back for the interview and, uh, I got the job, started the following Monday. And as, um, um, uh, The guy's name was, um, as Dave, I can't remember his last name, but as Dave was showing me around the office, um, I saw this girl that I saw at the reception desk walk through, um, what they call, I guess, the pit where all the collectors sit and just dial people and ask them to pay their bills. So, uh, I grabbed him. I said, Hey, what's her story? And he told me, he's like, I don't, don't even don't worry about it. Don't forget about her. She doesn't date anybody she works with. She's uh, yeah, just forget about her. I'm like, she doesn't date anybody she works with. He's like, nope, just forget about her. And I'm like, hmm, Um, my exact words, the next sentence were, you want to (laughs) bet? And he says, no, really, she doesn't date anybody she works with. And I said, ah, we'll see. And um, uh, needless to say, time went on. I think I worked there for what, three days, two and a half days. Um, I couldn't stand that company. Um, All the collectors in that company were just um, pretty arrogant, arrogant people, um, really thought extremely highly of themselves. I'm trying not to be that way, and I was trying to distance myself from things that uh, were bringing me down, would bring me down. So um, my buddy that I had met when I moved to Denver called me up and said, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, "Uh, I'm working, duh. (laughs) He said, let's go golfing. I'm like, done, I'm in, let's go. Um, So we rolled out to Colorado Springs, played around a golf and um, didn't think I would ever look back at that company. Well, the following week, my phone rang and here's this voice on the other end and she goes, um, hey, uh, um, I need to know where to send your final check. To me, which... Um, when she said that was code for, hey, I like you, let's go out on a date. (laughs) That was not true. (laughs) So she denies that, but uh, we all know
1: that that
0: that's exactly what happened. You missed me and you wanted to go out on a date with me. (laughs) Um, So I said, uh, well, if you really need to get me my last check, I said, why don't we just meet at Chili's or Applebee's or whatever it was. I can't remember. Um, And you can give me my two and a half days worth of wages, which was probably, what, 30 bucks maybe. And uh, I think I blew it all on dinner that night anyways. Didn't matter. Um, And then after that, um, that's kind of how we met and how we started to go out. So with that brief introduction, um, ladies and gentlemen, here's my wife, Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca. Thanks for uh, being roped into uh, doing this episode, and I appreciate you being a good sport and and uh, jumping on to um, help tell my story, as you want me to do. So
1: I'm happy to be here, and uh, yeah, anything for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>
0: and and that story was uh, truly 100% accurate, wasn't it? 100%. Uh,
1: yeah, I think most of it was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: most of it, nothing. Most of it was that that conversation was 100% why you that called
1: that was my job i mailed your check to the address you gave me and you did ask me on a date actually you asked me to a concert for which you did not have tickets and <laughs> we ended up just going to dinner but that was a great it was a great time so obviously worked out we've been inseparable ever since
0: 100% Decades. In, yeah inseparable for 3 decades now so yep. um okay so this episode is is um is about me and and uh unfortunately there is no me without uh her um so i you know i'm gonna have rebecca kind of jump in and and help tell my story um it started back um
1: well wait we have to finish the story you started because We dated for two weeks in Denver. Oh right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we decided we were going to get married. You went to Minnesota and saved money. I went to you back to Utah where I was from and saved money. And we were met in February and were married on June sixth, which was D Day, the anniversary of D Day. Um and lived in Utah for a bit and then went to Minnesota where we were living and bought our first house.
0: Right? Yes, correct. Yep.
1: So that is as I recall where you first started experiencing symptoms of your disease right
0: correct yes it was um, it was it was after work I, I will never <clears throat> forget this day um, was I think I was working at the uh, flower yeah. wholesale flower company I was a if I remember it I was a driver delivering a driver. flowers to flower shops uh, around the Twin Cities and Got home from work and um, you had beaten me home from work that day. I think you worked in Minneapolis at an uh, architectural design, yeah,
1: landscape architecture. Yeah,
0: that's right. And um, you'd gotten home from work before me. You were starting to, you know, cook some food for us. And um there's really nothing I could do but be in the way and probably irritate you if I tried to help you. So, sure. <laughs> so I said, all right, I'll go down and. Um, play you know Nintendo NES at the time and um i remember you calling down or stomping on the floor which ever i can't remember 100% but anyway dinner was done and i went to stand up and i couldn't stand up um my legs had just completely just decided not to work and um i remember crawling my way over to the stairs hollering for you to come help me. Um, I think you got annoyed because I was like calling you and you thought, Oh, you just want to show me something that you did on your stupid video game because <laughs> you don't like video games. I don't. <laughs> and, um, I was crawling a little bit, uh, over to the stairs and trying to get up and, um, you eventually came and helped me and you're like, what the, the I think what, what the, the what? crap was going on. what? The what? Yeah. Um, so uh, at that point, we, I think we, I can't remember, did we go to the kitchen table or to the couch? I don't remember.
1: Kitchen table, it's closer.
0: And um, sat there and got some food, and, and my legs started to come back a little bit, and uh, eventually it was, you know, I was able to walk and just be normal, but I, I remember the feeling that, um, it felt like I just got done running six marathons straight. My legs were just fatigued and hammered and just dead Mm -hmm. um and from there that started uh what you would call my dauntless journey um of going to every near every doctor under the sun
1: right well and I think what's important to note about you at that time was you were incredibly athletic you were very physically strong and very fit you worked out you were a runner you were an avid baseball player. In fact, as I recall, our first anniversary, you played oh, so many baseball games, and then the, the, you played your game, and then you played another pickup game, and then the team that was playing after you, or pickup game that you played after your game was short players, and they were going to have to forfeit, so you stuck around and played with them, <laughs> and I actually ended up coming to the ball field because I knew that's where you would be looking for you, so you were incredibly physically fit and very active, and... It was um, unusual for you to be fatigued so easily, and that became kind of a common theme for the next few years. And as I recall, there we had when we went to doctors, we saw a doctor that was like an MS doctor, and they thought you maybe had MS. They tried to do spinal tap. They tried to give you Prozac. They thought you were stressed. Um, No one really knew what was going on with you for a number of years after that first incident, and it and it just continued to happen randomly and in strange circumstances we couldn't really figure out a pattern or any kind of trigger so after a while
0: yeah it was uh it was a very disheartening to go to all of these uh, professionals to have each and literally each and every one of them stop and tell me that hey you know you're crazy you're fine you're fit you're strong you're this you're that there's nothing wrong with you the tests don't show anything yeah and um you know knowing and feeling inside that you know something just is something is not working um and i uh after going through all of those we eventually moved back out west um rebecca's family members were going through some health crises and she wanted to be here um, so that she could help her family out with whatever it was that they needed, uh, and at the time we were um, still fairly mobile. We'd been married for what four or five years at that point. Five. Had our first son. He was just born uh, in September, and you know what is it with me and traveling in January? Because we
1: December th- we moved here in December in the worst winter that Minnesota had had on record for quite a while. Is yeah, one?
0: I guess I like to travel in the snow. Apparently. <laughs> wow, that's weird. I never, I never made that connection until right now, but, um, yeah. So we, we, um, moved back out West and at this point it was becoming, um, difficult for me to, to hold down jobs because, um, my body was working so hard to figure out what the heck was going on. It was causing me to struggle in other areas. Um, I started having some well, I don't even know if there was any to begin with, but some diminished mental capacity to where I would, um, as you will hear throughout the, the course of the show, if you stick around, I will forget words. Um, I will have a mental block on very common words and, and you'll hear me say, well, what? I don't know what the word is, but it's a word that I'm looking for. Um, started having those more frequently, started becoming um not ill, but just extremely run down more frequently. Um, I started to fall over. Um, I remember I was playing, um, at a company I worked at, we had a softball team, which if you, if it was baseball or softball, um, and you were doing it, I wanted in. And, um, I joined the the company team and I was just playing catch in the parking lot at lunch with the guy I worked with. And, Man, he threw a ball that was low. I had to bend over to get it. Ended up falling on my damn face. Um, So went home. I was telling Rebecca about it again. And she's like, I'm going to get on the Internet because she's super proficient at that. And um, she said that she found another doctor that um, she wanted me to go see. And I was so dissuaded and so like, I don't want to see another doctor. And she says, one, one more, and if he can't find anything, then we'll just we'll just deal with it. Is, is that right? Is that, that basically the conversation?
1: Well, there was that, 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 no, that's not the whole thing. I mean, if you remember right, this created a lot of problems for us as a couple. And I, after, I mean, we were into this like six or eight years, and like you said, you had a hard time holding down jobs, you weren't feeling well and honestly there was a part where i thought you were lazy and you were disconnected you didn't you know disengaged from our marriage and i remember we had a conversation that went and i'm ashamed to say this but it's the cold hard truth and i did it so i i said to you i wanted a, a partner i wanted to be a stay at home mother um, i wanted we had children we had i think two sons by then um And I wanted to be able to stay home and take care of them and not to work. And if I was going to pull the wagon, basically, on my own, that I was going to lighten my load and kick you out and you could go live with your mother. (laughs) I remember saying that, um, and I still feel bad. I regret it. But I know that after that, um, we went to see Dr. Shelton, and you were diagnosed. And um, it was kind of a last-ditch effort for us to figure out what the heck was going on and how how to move forward in our lives and in our marriage and... With our family and to accomplish the things, the goals that we had set out for ourselves, which, you know, were, were not many at the time. Just we wanted simple things and, and we were having struggles. So yeah. I remember that very vividly.
0: Yes, so do I, but I just didn't want to bring that up.
1: I know it's not one of my finest hours, but it, it really <laughs> happened and I think it's in, important to acknowledge that. And you were
0: we, really mean back then.
1: I was. It only took me <laughs> what 10 years to get to that point. But we'd been to so many doctors and they said you were healthy and you were normal and you were fine and 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 um So yeah, after a while you kind of start believing that, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and But I, you
1: knew. You knew there was something wrong with your body. And you were persistent in pursuing and finding an answer. And you were dauntless in that pursuit. And that's how we got here.
0: Yeah. Um, after after uh, Dr. Shelton came and said, this is what you have, I remember going back through my brain. It's like, okay, well, how, how long has it been since I've been seeing doctors? Um, and it had been 13 years of going to doctors Um, over and over and over again to try to figure out what it was, and here we are. Now we finally know what it is. So we decided to uh, research it and figure it out based on what Dr. Shelton was telling us. Um, Unfortunately, there was no cure. There was no drug.
1: So you went through extensive testing. Mm -hmm. You you were in all kinds of machines. They did all kinds of... Um, fall we, we went to a um, hearing and balance center wasn't that where it was and they put you in these machines where they strap you into like I, the only thing I can think of that's comparable is the Johnny jump up that we would put in the hallway for our kids when they <laughs> were little right you're in this <laughs> yeah, yeah. suit so you can't fall over and then they move the machine around you to see how your body adjusts to the changes in the environment the changes in scenery the changes in um, the pitch of the floor and you were falling all the time in this Johnny Jump Up machine. Um, they also put you in a...
0: A oh. black box? Yeah, yeah.
1: Tell us about that.
0: I, I, I don't remember what they called it, but I remember um, it's kind of like when you go into a dark room for photography, except it's a lot smaller, has one chair in the middle, and they literally strap you in like you're going into like the electric chair type of thing. Um, it's completely dark inside, and they have infrared cameras in there, um, and they they watch how your body reacts as you're strapped in. And then they put, um, if I remember right, they put glasses on, and it was yes. a camera that's just focused on your eye. Yes. But it's completely black, and then they would proceed to just spin this chair like mad. Um, and... I remember they didn't shut the door all the way (laughs) crazy enough because I could see every time that the chair went around, I could see the crack of light from the outside room and I had to interrupt the test. And I'm like, if this is supposed to be like a dark room, um, I can still see light going by and they got annoyed, but (laughs) they shut the door finally. And then they turned off the lights in the room too, because (laughs) I, I guess I, annoy them that I caught them not doing their jobs very well I don't know but it was funny
1: I think the part that was annoying because I was in the outer room and we were watching this this um, screen where we were just watching your eyes and they were ticking so they would start maybe at the left of the far field division and come to the center and then they would go back to that left far field division and back to the center and they just kept doing that and they were they were ticking it wasn't a smooth motion it was like, um, very stuttered motion to get you back to there and to get your vision back to that field the center field division and then it would go quickly back to the left and it would tick in a stuttered way um, it's hard to describe but back to that that center field division it's not normal it wasn't normal and it looked alarming um, both eyes and I think that's what they were they I don't know that they had seen that before because they had put you all through the hoops of you know, let's let's check your crystals, let's look for earwax, let's look for um they thought at one point you had a tumor in your brain. All of those hoops that you jump through or boxes were checked and and seeing that happen with your eyes during that test, it was it was alarming. So
0: Yeah, it was well I couldn't I couldn't tell. To me everything was just black and i was just sitting normal and looking normal i had no idea my eyes were were doing that honestly i i thought that i was tracking just fine every time i would assume that every time my eyes went back to the one side that i was tracking that little crack of light but i i couldn't tell i had no idea what was going on um i thought i was just looking forward and apparently i wasn't um so um through all of those tests Um, I got the news from, you know, the doc that, um, I had, if I remember right, it was 0% balance left in one on one side and 15% balance left, uh, in the other. And I can't recall which side was which, but I basically had 15% of my vestibular system left operating at that point. And, um, he said, eventually it's all going to go away. And he says, when it does go away, you are going to know it. <laughs> and we did. And boy, did, did I know when that went away. Um, again, so
1: the disease is called Dandy syndrome. And basically, it's a bilateral vestibular loss. The vestibular system controls the balance in your body, in your ears. Right. And mm-hmm. it regulates your vision so that when you are looking at something, everything is steady. You don't have that. So when you're looking at something, everything is bouncing around all the time in any up and down direction. Or yeah. just go up and down or just go back and forth. It's blurry. Uh,
0: it, it's it's everything. And, and I use this analogy to describe it. If you've ever watched that TV show Cops um, where they're chasing the bad guy. Yeah. And the guy with the camera is running, how everything is bouncing around. That's every time I'm moving, that's what I see.
1: That's what you see. And it never stops. And when you close your eyes, you still see that pattern of movement.
0: Yeah. And even in my dreams, um, like when I'm dreaming at night, uh, haven't slept, honestly, a full night since 2008. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've had some in between there when I had balance left. But Uh, uh, since 2008, when my balance went away, I think there was there was actually only one night that I can recall where I slept the entire night through. And that was when we. Uh, went to California.
1: Oh yeah, you and were I so tired. I you slept were so exhausted.
0: for was it 17 hours? I
1: think we both did. Um, so after we got the diagnosis, we learned about a a clinical trial. So the Dr. Shelton he prescribed physical therapy for you, which was really the only treatment, trying mm-hmm. to get your the rest of your body to 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 take over some of the
0: the so work of the balance. System. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm gonna back you up there. Um, because I I really think there's a conversation that we had that um oh, on the way was home. super pivotal for me in my brain.
1: That makes me cry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I don't want to make you cry, um, but it was super pivotal, piv- pivotal, pivotal.
1: Sure, it was really important. It was a it was a pivotal moment. <laughs> Thank you
0: again. Words that I have issues with. Um. Um. <clears throat> Uh, in in his office I remember when he was telling us that you know what was happening what was going on I remember you asking him okay well you know because you had the strong desire to be a stay-at-home mom um, okay when when will he be able to go back to work
1: yeah but that was in 2008 right that was on Halloween Halloween that yeah. was before the clinical trial
0: it was before this is but let's this say, is the most pivotal moment in my life I think that I had
1: but let's get there chronologically because we did you did a, you, you've you done so many things we went to natural doctors you you who they actually prescribed snake venom and spider venom for you What's not spider snake oil and spider venom literally you took um which is brew you drank I mean all of these things we went to natural healers we did the clinical trial our friends and family because you weren't um Maybe that was after
0: it was all of that. It was
1: all the clinical trial, all that stuff came after 2008. So really, up uh, between your diagnosis, which was <clears throat> probably in 2006. 2006. You had a few years where you were functioning somewhat on that 15 percent mm-hmm. of cap- capacity. We'll say the balance, 15 percent of the balance center working, and you actually did. He worked full time. He supported our family. I stayed at home. We moved to Parowan. We had a very quiet, simple life, um, and it was beautiful.
0: Mm -hmm. It was nice. And then uh, October thirty first, two thousand eight, came, and changed my uh, life forever. Um, Basically, we—I had gotten gotten a a position at a company where I was manager of, of a department i um, not going to say the name of this business because um, how they treated me afterwards, I don't want to give them any kind of props or mentions at all, but I was uh, manager of a department. It was Halloween, um, hired a good friend of mine to work in the department uh, for me uh, to do a good job because he was down on his luck. And in hindsight, I think that was a great decision at the time because, uh, on October 31st, 2008, uh, the last 15% of my balance decided to, uh, take its final bow and go away. And I hit the office, my office floor and just started to vomit, (laughs) lack of a better words. And, um, instantly everybody thought that oh he's just got the flu I got the flu I thought I had the flu Uh, I think there was a flu bug going around at that time and had my buddy um I I tossed him my keys I said I need to go home um uh emptied out my trash bin and brought it in the car with me and laid down in the back seat shut my eyes and he drove me home um and um yeah, that was the day everything, everything changed. From there, we made an appointment to see Dr. Shelton again. And um, he was going through what? Okay, this is what happened. He ran a few tests and confirmed that this is exactly what happened, that my balance system just decided to go away. And I remember you asking him, okay, uh, so when can he get back to work? Because yeah, the
1: question I, was, what treatment is available? What treatment is there? What is it? Surgery, medication. What what changes do we make in, the, in your care, right? So, yeah,
0: so I can get back to work. So you and can get
1: back to work and we can move forward family. with life, yes.
0: And um, I'll never forget, he looked you dead straight in the eye and said. Um,
1: he said, Mrs. Paulson. He said, Mrs. Paulson, you're not hearing me, and I don't think you understand. Your husband is disabled. He won't work again. He won't drive a car. He won't ride a bike. He won't do a lot of things that he's done in the past. And in fact, he's going to need 24/7 nursing care. He will not be able to bathe himself, shower, get dressed. Um, he'll need someone to help him with those functions every day of his life for the rest of his life. And I would advise you to go home and to sign him up for social security and start looking for those services.
0: It was a hard moment.
1: That was the worst moment.
0: And, um, I don't, I don't think I said too much, um, out loud afterwards because I had just been you know for lack of a better word karate kicked in the in the giblets <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that that was extremely hard for me to hear because um, you know we had two little kids two kids um, I loved getting down and playing with them I loved doing all these things um, I absolutely loved you know playing softball with my friends um that was my release if you would you know to be out there be active um i love the idea of man I'll, one day i'll be able to play baseball with my kids
1: um mountain biking mountain bike running, riding hiking, teaching them how
0: to ride a bike
1: boating everything outside you loved um and you didn't say anything for the longest time i don't remember that you said anything until we were a good way home and I was pulling over the car so you could vomit and the first thing you said is I'm not going down like that the second thing you said was nobody's going to wipe my ass but me <laughs> <laughs> and from there we started laughing about um, that I told you I would find a nurse named Helga and she would be really mean <laughs> and um, you just kept repeating, you're not going down like that, I'm not going down like that. This is not going to be my life. This is not how things are going to work out for me. And meanwhile, I'm pulling the car over and you're throwing up on the side of the street, the freeway, I 80. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that was be- the beginning of the, the dauntless journey, I guess.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, and it, it really was, um, a, a dauntless journey. It was, um, extremely hard and my german shepherd shots he's coming over to say hello because mom is upset sorry her wants to take care of us but that was um really a, uh, a turning point for me and um little did i know that me saying i'm not going out like that um how hard it would be for me to um, get through from literally 2008 till present day. You know, the, the, the struggle, the challenge, and everything that would, the ups and downs, the highs, the lows that would come from, you know, doing those, you know, everyday little things, and not to mention just the mental, the mental games.
1: Just the physically getting out of bed. So the first little bit after we went home, all you could really do was lay on the couch and vomit, really.
0: Yeah, I couldn't even watch TV.
1: You no, know, it made you sick.
0: Yeah, if I opened my eyes, things would be moving and I would just. I'd, I think I lost some weight though. I think yeah, I'd look pretty you, good.
1: You, you were already pretty fit, but you did lose some weight. And <laughs> you were supposed to use a walker, right? Mm-hmm. Um, possibly a wheelchair. But we started out with a walker and we lived in a home that had stairs. Our master bedroom was upstairs. It was really hard for you to get upstairs. Um we had little kids. They weren't really, you know, strong to help you get upstairs at that at that point. So you laid on the couch um for a good point of the time.
0: drove me crazy.
1: Um but yeah, laid on the couch and threw up and laid on the couch and threw up and that was your life for a good while. I couldn't even leave you to go to work and I hadn't been working at that point of in because you had been our breadwinner and you were taking care of us and um so yeah. One day you're working, the next day you're not, and you were too sick to leave you. So my mother did take me down to the Department of Workforce Services, and we did apply for food stamps, and we applied for Social Security for you. We got all of your documentation together. They told us that was going to take a number of years and to be prepared for a fight, and in the end, it went through within a matter of a couple of 3 months it seems like maybe 3 to 6 months it uh-huh. didn't take long and when we asked we I remember you s- said that to the the man who was helping us at the social security office that we were, ex- you were we were surprised we were astonished and he said well we can tell when people are really sick and Mr. Paulson you're really sick and he he was glad to be able to help you with that yeah. i remember that um i remember not knowing what to do to take care of our family. I hadn't had a normal job for a while. Um, And we had found out, that's when we found out about the clinical trial that was in California. We had no one working. We had no money. We had rent. We had little kids. Um, Our second son was diabetic at that point.
0: No, this was pre-diabetes.
1: Not in 2008. No. He was diabetic. Yeah, he was. He was eight years old. Yeah,
0: duh. What am okay. I thinking?
1: He was diabetic and insulin dependent. So we had a struggle. And um, our friends and family came through. We had neighbors that donated flights to get us to the California so you could participate in that clinical trial. I think your brother or my mother or sisters, our family members, helped us with hotels and food. Um,
0: yeah, car rental. Car
1: rental. Um, we we hmm. had to stay in California for, what was it, two weeks?
0: Yeah. For the yeah, trial,
1: yeah. and then they sent you home with a device and instructions to use on how to... Um, I think the device was called the brain port, right? Yes. It was the brain port, and 100%. you had this little thing yeah. you had to wear around your neck, and you'd put it on your tongue, and your instructions were stand on a cushion in the corner and close your eyes, and you had to do that for 20 minutes. And twice it, a day. Twice a day, it, and it was... It sounds so stupid to say out loud, but it was it was physical torture. It was. <laughs> it was physical torture and it, it made your calves so sore and your legs. Um in the end we went back ninety days later. Again we had I Rhonda, my sister, took us in her minivan, minivan with our kids and she took us to Disneyland and tried to help make that be a really happy time going back to finish that clinical trial. And um, it didn't work. Nope. The device was not FDA approved for the treatment of your condition or any others. But standing on that cushion in twenty mi- for 20 minutes twice a day seemed to create some muscle memory that did help keep you upright.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Didn't relieve your symptoms. Didn't take away the illness. But
0: It, it opened... Uh, the door to the thought that, okay, I need to continue to be strong and to work out, um, to maintain any sort of uh, life that I have. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a weird memory that comes back from our first trip. Um, I don't know why I remember this so vividly. I remember that when we got to the airport, um, they gave us a choice of cars, and we chose... We're like, you, you chose. I chose. Well, I'm, I, in my brain, I'm a like,
1: Mustang convertible.
0: We're in California. <laughs> it's nice weather. Let's get a Mustang convertible. And I remember the walker. It's
1: not a car to drive when you have a walker that needs to go in the
0: back <laughs> the seat. The walker did not fit in the trunk. <laughs> and so we're driving around wherever. I don't know. Was it Orange County, Somewhere wherever? In Orange County. And, uh, this gray Mustang V6 piece of crap convertible with my walker sticking out of the backseat. <laughs> it was
1: great that it was convertible because that was the only way we could get the walker in the car. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, it was a funny, funny memory. And we drove by um, at the time Chip Foose's TV show was on the air. Oh, yeah. And um, we uh, figured out how to drive up. Rebecca figured out how to find it and drive by it. There's no way I could drive. But we drove by the little cul-de-sac where his shop was at and we just you know kind of sat outside and I just looked I remember two guys walked out of the shop and looked at me like what the f you know <laughs> and here's you know a guy and a girl and a walker sticking out the back seat and uh you know just looking but uh never got to see anything cool but
1: no but outside. we were we were there
0: we did and we drove by the shop that was it's,
1: enough for us at the time
0: it was that was pretty cool i'm I was super excited you were about that. But, um, yeah, after, uh, um, getting ready to roll, I mean, I, it's, uh, there were some, there were some dark days in there for me, yeah. some dark, dark struggle days, um, where we really, um, I went to a dark place and I think, uh, unfortunately some of that manifested itself out, outwards towards you and the kids, um, because I was struggling so much and I would get so mad at me not being able to do the easiest, stupidest little thing. Yeah. And it would just, you know, drive me nuts. I'm a, I'm a, I can fix this. I know how to get crap done. And when I couldn't fix what was going on in my body, it really, it really moved me, uh, moved me down. Um, and we had, you know, Thankfully, you saw through all of that and knew that that was, you know, my disease, if you will. Um, and it wasn't me. Yeah. And you were able to uh, lift me up and, and push me through. Now, um, I know that you've touched on, you know, how how it really affected you just a little bit, especially hearing those words. How did it uh, affect you as, as a spouse of somebody that has gone through something you know that's a horrible thing how did it affect you
1: wow i don't i don't know that i think about that regularly i worry about you all the time um knowing that you can fall so easily or you you wobble into walls or you topple in you know you're you're hitting your hips on the countertop you're you're hitting the wall coming down the stairs with your shoulder i worry about you a lot. I think that's the biggest impact, is it, it's it been a worry. Um, the second impact is the changes I had to make in myself and my ability to provide for our families going to school. Um, and you've supported me through all of that. So I think the biggest thing is it's just a it's a constant worry. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful that it, this is not something that is terminal. This is not something that... Um, should kill you unless you fall down the stairs and crack your head open or something like that but really
0: which I have done you have done and
1: (laughs) and (laughs) I worry about our future right now we live in a three-story home and this is no place for you to be so you know we need to build a rambler with um, hallways that are big enough for wheelchair we need to prepare for that when when we're older and we don't know when or if or how you'll ever get there or if I'll be in a wheelchair before you are but I know you're supposed to you you know you're supposed to walk with a cane or a walker you know that
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you refuse mm-hmm. um so we we make up for that when we go out together I always hold your hand which is my honor and pleasure anyway but I you've referred to me as your human cane <laughs> <laughs> so there I mean it it's a little bit different kind of relationship because I worry about how I'm gonna make things okay for you as we age into retirement and become grandparents and all of those things, which Mm -hmm. I think is maybe not normal. I don't know. Maybe most wives worry about that. But that's, I think, been the biggest change.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I think um, the biggest thing for me is that you have been there to um, pull me out of those dark days.
1: Well, we came into an agreement early Right. Yes. We had that. We had a talk okay. where we're going to be some days are just going to be shitty. And that's the word we use. And we get two shitty days and no more in a row. Yeah. And they get. Yeah. But no more than two shitty days in a row. And then you have to get off your ass and live your life. Yeah. Whatever that means. If that's just getting out of bed and taking a shower that day or if that's going to the grocery store or if that's um, whatever other thing activity you're doing, you get two shitty days and no more.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, coming up with that rule, I think really helped me because I'm a, I'm a rule follower kind of a guy. Um, Mostly. Mostly. And (laughs) I like to, you know, I like to make, you know, my goal is to, you know, make you happy. And, um, if me having more than two crappy days in a row makes you unhappy, well then if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Mm -hmm. I think that's how that old saying goes, but, um, But yeah, with your support, um, you've really helped me turn around those dark days Um, for advice for people that, you know, may not have the the same kind of support that I have had is that um, in your mind, mentally give yourself those two days, you know, set yourself your own rules. I'm going to give myself two days to, you know, to feel sorry.
1: Yeah. I need those two days too every once in yeah. a while because I get really worried and overwhelmed and sometimes it just feels like, well, if I see you having a struggle, it's, it's hard to watch you struggle every day. And I I appreciate and I love that you struggle every day, but it's hard to watch. That, mm-hmm. And I know there's no end to that struggle and that that struggle is always going to be there. And it's like, like like Thomas with his diabetes, that you don't get away from that. It's just something that, is with you everywhere you go, you're on vacation, you have that struggle, you're, you know, no matter where you are, and it's it's hard to watch someone that you love struggle day in and day out with no end. On the other side of that is gratitude, so you have kind of a, a torture and worry on one end and gratitude on the other, and I get tired too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and sometimes I need those days myself
0: yep and I think um, as long as as you can set the parameters to not being more than two days I think that's what keeps you out of the woe is me constant status of life yeah Um, to where that you can just you know okay I've had my two days this is enough and it's time to you know get to work whatever work looks like for you If that's, you know, hey, I did five push-ups today. Awesome. Or, hey, I did the rowing machine today. Or, I walked to the mailbox at the end of the driveway today. Or, I, whatever it is I did today. I did it. Put my pants on.
1: Reading. Remember how reading was so hard for you and it made you so nauseated. Yeah. And you can read now.
0: I can read, not not great, but I can read.
1: Or for a long time. Or like, for a long time, it but it's something that you can do. Where I, before it was just not a possibility. So yeah,
0: and uh, you know whatever it is you need to do for work for yourself, whatever it is that day, if you're struggling, you can do it. Um, I'm here to as living proof that you can get through those two days, and and move on and uh, improve your life to get to get better, to get healthy, to get strong. Um, if you have a support system, man, awesome, use that. It, it, talk to your support system about it. Um, if you're struggling by yourself, which unfortunately a lot of people do, you know, set your own rules for yourself and then follow those rules. Whatever those rules may be, you know, for us it was two days. For you, maybe it's a week, maybe it's one day, um, whatever it is, set the rules for yourself uh, and follow them and don't give up. Oh my gosh, don't give up. Um, if, if I can walk 13 years of unknown future um, and then however many years from 2008 to now to fight in this struggle that I've had, I've had... You know, 30 years, roughly, 29 years of a battle. And it's tiring. Oh my gosh, I get it. It's so tiring. But um, when you wake up, just think to yourself, I've survived 100% of those shitty days to this point. And today's not going to be the day that's going to take me out. At least not by my own will.
1: I'm not going down like that.
0: Not going down like that. <laughs> Hell no. I'm not going down like that. Uh-huh. And honestly, when, when I'm bouncing off the walls or if I'm having a really bad day and I'm like hanging on for dear life on the handrail coming down the stairs, in my brain, those words come out. I'm not going out like that. And um, if you want to use that catchphrase, man, use it. I love it. It's awesome. It applies. It's applicable, which is what applies means. I know yeah. that's the dandy syndrome coming in because my brain sometimes can't catch up to my mouth or vice versa. Um, and learn how to learn how to laugh at yourself. When I stumble and fall, sometimes I'm I'm the first one to laugh at myself. After I'm like, okay, did I break anything? Um, yeah, because I... the
1: rest of us are holding our breath trying right? <laughs> to see if you're wounded. And you are, you, you are always the first one to laugh at yourself.
0: <laughs> I'm, after I check to see if I broke anything, did I punch a hole Is in the wall? Blood? <laughs> am, I, right, am I bleeding? Is my limbs at a weird angle? Nope. Okay, I'm good. Um, then you you just laugh at yourself um, and and move forward. So... Rebecca, thank you for putting up with me and missing our first anniversary's dinner to play ball. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a story I still never lived down to this never. day. I get that. It's <laughs>
1: always in my pocket.
0: Um, thank you for uh, pushing me through, for literally being my rock and the bulldozer pushing my rock forward. Um,
1: you are worth it. Yeah.
0: Um, I just want to say that there's no way I am here today without you. And thank you. I appreciate you taking a few moments on this day when you have a bazillion other things to do. um, To come sit down and ramble with me about me, which is still a foreign, completely weird concept to me.
1: I just hope I'm not driving away your listener.
0: I doubt it. If anything... (laughs) um, your awesome voice is going to pull them in way more than my (laughs) stupidity and stumbling. So with that,
1: this is fun. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for coming. Um, and with that, thank you for listening. Um, please reach out to us. It's dauntlesspodcast at gmail.com. Find us, um, search for us on the anchor website, which is anchor.fm search for dauntless the podcast. Um, where you can learn more about us, you can support us, you can leave us messages. We'd love to hear from you. I know Rebecca would.
1: Sure. Let us know if we can help.
0: And we're here for you. And you've got this. Keep going. Thanks, everybody. Hope you have a fantastic day. Bye-bye.